1: This is Seven News with Anne Sanders.
2: Good morning. Queensland's Premier has just announced she is again effectively closing the border to New South Wales, declaring Greater Sydney a COVID hotspot. Joel Rye is there for us. Joel, good morning. This comes after the state recorded its first domestic cases of the virus in weeks. Talk us through this morning's announcement.
1: Yeah, correct, and Our first cases outside of hotel quarantine for all of the month of July. Two young women who had been in Melbourne but flew direct to Sydney and then on to Brisbane. Our first cases in a very long time and clearly the last straw for the Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk who has just announced that she will declare all of Greater Sydney a COVID hotspot. It means that any residents from that area will be banned from entering Queensland from 1am on Saturday. Any Queensland residents returning from that area after that point will be forced into hotel quarantine. It is a very drastic step. I'm told the decision and the announcement was made without informing Gladys Berejiklian, but the Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, says blocking out some five million additional Australians from Queensland is not a step she takes lightly, but she makes no apologies for it. We
0: have done this to ensure that we give notice to Queenslanders that may want to return home. And I also want to say now that it is going to cause an inconvenience to families. And I know there may be a lot of events that are planned over the next few days, few weeks. But it is too important. We must protect Queenslanders.
1: Now these fresh cases are both 19 year old women who live in the south side of Brisbane. One of them is a cleaner here at the Parklands Christian College which is now being closed for a deep clean but this will have huge ramifications because those two women have been back in Queensland since the 21st of July. They have attended a church, shopping centres, restaurants all of which will now be closed for cleaning and a huge number of people will be contacted via contact tracing and be told to both isolate and get tested from the this afternoon, this Christian college will set up their own testing facility. All students are being told to be on the lookout for symptoms, come and get tested. But this decision by the Premier and the decision by these two young women to return to Queensland illegally from Queensland is going to have a huge impacts on the whole state of Queensland. Anne? Joel
2: Dry with that breaking news from Queensland. Thank you, Joel. The federal government is mobilising AusMAT teams to assist the Victorian government in controlling their aged care crisis. Let's bring in political reporter Taylor Aiken in Canberra. Taylor, the Prime Minister says aged care homes need to be returned to the standard of care we all expect.
0: And that's right, while also acknowledging the distressing times facing hundreds of families who have loved ones in aged care in Victoria. In addressing the crisis, the Prime Minister outlined the steps the federal government have made to contain the outbreaks, including transferring residents of aged care facilities to hospitals. The government have also sent in highly trained Ausmat teams, the first of whom are expected to arrive tomorrow. The Prime Minister also revealed the principal cause of many of these outbreaks has actually been through staff attending work, while unknowingly affected, spreading the virus through some of our most vulnerable members in our community.
1: Where uh, cases have been identified in facilities, there had been an immediate isolation of entire workforces in these places. Now if you take out an entire workforce in a facility that is going to have obvious impacts for the continuity of care and very distressing um, uh, consequences have flown from that. They trouble me deeply, I know they would trouble the Premier equally deeply.
0: And Scott Morrison says he's not interested in buying into blame shifting, even though aged care is ultimately a federal responsibility. There is, however, an agreement now in place to ensure staff shortages like the one that we saw at St Basil's facility earlier this week never happen again. Professor Brendan Murphy says while every death is a tragedy, Victorians must brace themselves for more of those deaths, saying that they will sadly be inevitable. Anne.
2: Taylor Akin, live in Canberra. Thank you, Taylor. Victoria has recorded 295 new cases of coronavirus overnight, the lowest daily total for nine days. Laurel Irving is in our Melbourne newsroom. Hello, Laurel. Is the government taking any encouragement from these numbers?
3: Good morning, Anne. Well, certainly earlier this week, the Chief Health Officer said that he hoped that Monday would have been the peak of the pandemic in Victoria of this second wave when we had that record 532 cases. And since then, it has been falling. It is too early to say if we've turned the corner yet. But the other encouraging sign is we actually know where most of these cases have come from. They are linked to outbreaks, which might suggest that community transmission is finally falling. But, of course, as we know, and we've just heard from Taylor... Many of those outbreaks are in aged care facilities and that is the real tragedy of this. 49 aged care residents have now died in Victoria's second wave. There are outbreaks in 10% of all of Victoria's aged care homes, 77 of them. And, of course, we know, as Brendan Murphy said, that there will be more deaths. This is the number one priority for the state and federal governments. Elective surgery, non-urgent elective surgery here, has now been cancelled to free up staff and beds in the hospital system. And we've seen residents from the two worst affected homes, St Basil's and Epping Gardens, now moved out to public and private hospitals over the past few days. More will follow, but it's been very distressing for families. Talking of their loved ones being held in horrific conditions, not being looked after properly, they also say communication has been incredibly poor. Now, the Prime Minister has said that he expects the Royal Commission into aged care. will look at this, but, of course, for those distressed families, it will be far too late. Anne?
2: Yes, very sad stories coming from there. Laurel Irving in Melbourne. Thank you, Laurel. New South Wales has recorded 19 new cases of COVID-19 in the past 24 hours, as concern continues over clusters at Potts Point in the city's east, and new cases emerging in Western Sydney. Tom Saker is outside Bayanami Public School in Parramatta, which is closed after a student tested positive. Tom, is it known how the child became infected?
4: Well, no there is so far no established link to the student here at Bay and Armley Public School in any of the other cases across New South Wales New South Wales Health is currently undertaking uh, contact tracing to try and identify a link and cleaners are expected to arrive here any moment now to carry out a deep clean for the, the school the email went out to parents last night um, that a student had tested positive but the memo obviously didn't reach everyone some parents arrived here this morning. Ready to take their children to school. We spoke to one of them who said she is now going to get tested with her daughter.
1: My daughter did say, Where's all the kids? Because yeah. usually they're out and about, but yeah. yes, I'm a little bit concerned now.
4: Now of the 19 new cases, 10 have been linked to Weatherall Park Thai Rock Restaurant, and three of them have been linked to the Potts Point cluster, which is a rapidly developing situation. The link between Thai Rock and uh, Potts Point. And uh, the Apollo restaurant in Ports Point has been established, and uh, cases from there have now spread down to Rushcutters Bay with. A member at the Royal Cruising Yacht Club testing positive. Vice Commodore Noel Noel Cormish and his partner have tested positive after dining at both the Apollo and Ty Rock on subsequent nights last week. The CYC has closed for a deep clean and the board there uh, are all self-isolating, awaiting their testing results. The government has urged anyone who is living in Potts Point to try and get tested if possible, uh, particularly anyone who was dining at the Ty Rock restaurant or Apollo on the 22nd, 23rd and 24th. 25th of July. New testing clinics are available now at Brushcutters Bay Park and Victoria Street in Potts Point. The government updated uh, the media a short time ago. Let's take a listen to what they had to say.
0: New South Wales is holding the line but as I've been saying for a number of weeks we we are at a very critical stage of the pandemic. We have the opportunity to get through the next few weeks or if we don't all do the right thing. We will go down the path of having more cases and then having to consider uh, additional measures to reduce those cases.
4: Now, meantime, in Hurstville at the Westfield Shopping Centre there, a staff member at a nail salon, professional, has tested positive. That person last worked at the nail salon on the 22nd and 23rd of July. But New South Wales Health said there is currently no broader risk to the Westfield there at Hurstville. And just a short time ago as well, the New South Wales government announced that all gyms and fitness centres will now have to register their COVID-19 safety plans with the government, as well as have a safety marshal present at all times to monitor things like like hygiene, and social distancing and
2: Tom saker reporting from Sydney thank you Tom Australia's foreign and defense ministers have held high-level talks with their US counterparts in Washington COVID-19 regional security and tensions with China were high on the agenda Ashley Mullaney has more well
5: regional security China and the devastating impacts of COVID-19 were high on the agenda at talks held here at the State Department today As expected, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, took a strong stance on China, praising the Morrison government for standing up for democratic values, despite, he says, pressure from the Chinese Communist Party. Australia walking a fine line as it deals with a tense relationship and bruising economic retaliation from Beijing.
0: Australia's positions are our own, and uh, we operate, uh, as you would expect, on the basis of our shared values, actually, which are reflected in both the approach of the United States and the approach of Australia, but most importantly, from our perspective, we make our own des- our own decisions, our own judgments in the Australian national interest.
5: Joining the pair for the meeting, Defence Minister Linda Reynolds and her counterpart, Defence Secretary Mark Esper. Esper too focused on China, accusing Beijing of resorting to coercion and intimidation to advance its position in the region. Australia has labelled China's territorial claims in the South China Sea illegal, but didn't elaborate on freedom of navigation exercises there. They did stress the importance of secure supply chains, agreeing to build a US-funded military fuel reserve in Darwin. These talks considered so important they've gone ahead face-to-face despite the risks of the pandemic, meaning the ministers and their staff will have to quarantine on their return to Australia.
2: An elderly woman has died in a house fire in the Dandenong Ranges to the east of Melbourne. Fire crews extinguished the blaze before finding her body. Jodie Lee is there.
0: Well beloved grandmother Jacoba Veet lived in this Monbulk home 61 years and it was here uh, the great grandmother passed away overnight. The home backs onto the local police station. It was officers finishing their shift last night who first spotted smoke coming from the property. They called triple zero and raced over to help but by the time they arrived the property was engulfed by flames. This morning, two of Jacoba's four children returned to their childhood home devastated at the loss of their beloved mum.
3: I got halfway here and then another family member rang and uh, I asked if mum was okay and they said no. Um, Just gutted. Terrible.
0: Fire investigators and the arson squad are now working to identify what sparked this blaze. It is understood to have started in the kitchen and at this stage is not being treated as suspicious.
2: Thank you, Jodie. Actress Amber Heard has spoken up for the first time in the defamation trial of her ex-husband Johnny Depp. Heard appeared as a witness after Depp sued the Sun newspaper's publisher over an article which labelled the Hollywood star a wife-beater. Speaking outside court, the actress said she stands by her testimony.
0: It has been incredibly painful to relive the breakup of my relationship, to have my motives, my truth
2: questioned. The trial concludes today. A huge fire has damaged an entire block of buildings in the American city of San Francisco. The flames sent a thick plume of smoke over the city. Burning power lines caused problems for fire crews and one fireman was injured. The fire is expected to smoulder for days. The latest inflation figures for the month of June have just been released, providing crucial insights into household budgets. Our network finance editor, Gemma Acton, joins us now. Gemma, what can we learn from the Consumer Price Index?
5: Good morning, Ann. Well, it's not very often that we see prices of everyday goods and services fall, but the pandemic has made that happen this time. In the three months to June 30, consumer prices dropped by 1.9%, a slightly smaller drop than anticipated, but still the largest quarterly fall since records began back in 1948. The main reasons for this were the government's free childcare policy, which accounted for around half of the decline, as well as plummeting petrol prices, a drop in rents and the deferral of some healthcare premiums. While the easing of some cost of living pressures is to be welcomed at a difficult time for many, deflation can be harmful over the longer run as it indicates a shrinking economy which can prompt businesses to produce less with fewer workers. Consumer prices are expected to start rising again during this quarter, which ends on September 30. Anne.
2: Finance editor Gemma Acton. Thank you, Gemma. Hugh Jackman and Kate Blanchett are our two Aussies leading the charge at the Emmy Awards. Hugh Jackman is in the running for Outstanding Lead Actor in a limited series or movie for his performance in Bad Education, while Kate Blanchett picked up a nomination for Outstanding Lead Actress for her role as a conservative commentator in Mrs America. Streaming platform Netflix led all networks with a record 160 nominations.